you're listening to Boss Up, the podcast for purpose-driven entrepreneurs, creatives, and side hustlers. I'm your host, Jessica Alexander. I'm the founder and CEO of Operation Evolve, an author, speaker, coach, and the creator of Boss Babes Brunch Tour. It's my personal mission to help you gain clarity, discover your passions, and walk in your purpose. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Boss Up Podcast. It's your girl, Jessica C. Alexander here. And today I am bringing you a special Mother's Day edition of the Boss Up Podcast. I have the boss queen as a mother, and I want to share five of the really great lessons she's taught me over the years from my teen years all the way up into now me being in my 30s. And not only are these lessons pertinent to my life, but they're also been really great for me to implement into my business. Before we get into the episode, I have to brag on my mom because she's absolutely amazing. She's what they would call a domestic engineer. So she was a homemaker. and It was such a pleasure just being able to be raised by her and looking back on all that she did for uh, me and my four sisters over the years. It's really mind-blowing all that she was able to manage while being a wife, while taking care of the home, while being active in our schools. And I really just like to honor her um, for all that she's done for our family, all that she's done in raising us and taking care of us and preparing us for a world. You know, she raised us to be strong, smart, and cover your ears, Kevin Samuels fans. She also raised us to be I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Independent. And I love that she was able to instill so much into us and just cheer us on um, on our journeys of life. She's just always been so supportive, so hilarious. And if anything, she always keeps it real with us, whether we want to hear it or not, which is why I want to share with you a lot of what she's taught me over the years. So I just I just love her so much. And I know that for all of you listening, if you are close with your mother, you know um, that you see what she's done for you over the years and you appreciate the sacrifices that you know your parents make. So today I just want to honor her by sharing some of the lessons and knowing that I was listening to you Mommy, I know that sometimes I didn't, you know, act like I was listening, but I heard what you were saying and I implemented it into my life. And I want to share with you some of my five favorite lessons. So let's get into today's episode. So there's this really popular phrase that goes like this. Mother knows best. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'm sure you've recognized that mother be knowing everything, everything. And if you are hard headed like me, you it took you a long time to really understand this concept that your mom, because she has this probably a few decades on you. She's experienced things. She's seen things that you have not experienced or seen yet. So one would say it would be wise to listen to someone who has this wealth of knowledge and experience in the world. But if you're hard-headed like me, you had to learn the hard way. You had to fall in your behind a couple of times and you had to eat your slice or entire humble pie 
and let your mama know that she was right about a few things. You know, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, your mama told you about one of those raggedy friends that probably ended up talking trash about you and you're no longer cool with. Or that raggedy boyfriend that you just had so much hope and faith in and he ended up being raggedy. And also even some of your professional decisions, um, business ventures that you were exploring that ended up being raggedy as well. So today, for that reason alone, I have to spill a little bit of tea of what my mom has shared with me, but I will only spill some of it because if I spill all of it, Miss Pat's going to be wanting a check and that's going to bring me into lesson number one. The first thing she, the first thing I want to share with you is what she shared about the scripture out of Matthew 7, 6. And it goes, don't cast your pearls before swine. And the full verse reads, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not cast your pearls before swine lest they trample you underfoot and turn to attack you. And what I take from this, because she would always say this um, in my beginning phases of entrepreneurship. And in retrospect, what she was trying to share with me was that many entrepreneurs, many people in business, honestly, and this is what I learned from working with clients and also from my own experience, is that pricing your services especially for our service-based entrepreneurs. When you have a product-based business, it's a little easier for you to see what the market is charging for certain things and fix your price accordingly. But when you're thinking about things like coaching, consulting, workshops, events, and you come from a space where you don't have a network who is in that field or you don't know where to go for resources to figure out what is proper pricing for what you do, you can find yourself in this weird mindset that you have to undercharge or maybe even do some things for free. So for me, I didn't know how to properly monetize my services. And when I was sharing things about my business with my mom, she would get on my last nerves when she would see me working and hustling and bustling, hustling, bustling, going to this school here, going to this group here, doing all of this work. And she would ask me, you know, are you getting paid for this? And I would just, you know, be on my soapbox about, you know, sometimes you have to pay your dues and you have to, you know, it'll pay off in the end. Just pay your dues. I don't understand why you keep asking me about this. Like I was so irritated and frustrated. But guess what? I was also I was also broke because I wasn't charging for my services. So my mom definitely had a reason to ask me these things. You know, I was in here hustling, doing my work um, in the brand ambassador, market manager field, working there. But, you know, while I'm trying to build my business, I'm thinking that I have to, quote, pay my dues. And, you know, she would always say, you know, don't cast your pearls before swine. And what she was wanting me to do was recognize that I had great value in what it was that I was doing. It didn't matter that, that I was new as a business owner, but you know, I had to look back on the fact that I'm educated and the fact that I had years of experience working with all these different companies. And for me to just voluntarily bring all this value to people with the hope that they would say, wow, she's great. She's doing some good things. Let's bring her on on a continual basis. Let's pay her for her services. We think that we are doing this and we think that a lot of times it will pay off in the end. But what I've learned time and time again, unfortunately, especially in, you know, in those beginning years, 2015 and 2016, 
you, your reward for that is in heaven, but you're not going to be getting, um, you're not going to be getting any, you're not going to get the pay that you think you're going to get by underpricing yourself and giving away all of this for free. And even now I see that there's this misconception that you have to provide so much free, you know, the doubt, create more freebies, create more free content and your audience, they'll be able to know, like, and trust you. And then they're going to eventually purchase from you. But I can't give that to ComEd here in Chicago. So I need to also find ways to provide value but not to make sure that I'm doing it at my own peril. So you have to make sure that you understand that what you're providing does have value and you can do, you can provide value without giving away the kitchen sink. I don't need to do um, 20. Can I pick your brain sessions per week to prove that I'm valuable? In fact, what I really need for a lot of entrepreneurs listening to here is that if someone is asking for a pick your brain session, that means that they already recognize that you hold some value. If they want to sit down and ask you questions, that's going to help them and push them forward. But it's up to you to decide, you know what? I have put years into this. I've put thousands of dollars into, you know, coaching and my own education. I've dedicated hours to reading and researching and practicing and failing. There's no way I'm about to just give it to you for free. There's no way I'm going to have to show you and prove my value to you by doing a million free sessions and consultations. No, ma'am. No, sir. Not happening today. Not casting my pearls before swine. And it's not to say anything negative about the people who are, you know, coming at you because they, you know, one thing I also learned, and I'll give that as a bonus lesson, so I'm going to hold off on that, but there's nothing wrong with um, someone asking for it, but it's up to you as an entrepreneur to determine what you're worth. Something that Daniel Leslie said when I was listening to one of her webinars um, a couple of years ago has always stuck with me, and it was whether you think you're worth a, a dollar or a thousand, you are. So if you think that you have to do pick your brain sessions, if you think you need to create a new freebie every other day just to grow your list or to get new clients or any of that, that's what you're going to do. But if you recognize that what you provide is valuable and that once implemented into other people's lives, that their lives are transformed, which is going to cause a ripple effect in the lives of people around them, then you're going to learn that I'm going to put up a dollar price on this. And again, that's up to you. But I'm telling you time and time again, and I've seen it in my own life, underpricing myself, thinking that my low prices are going to bring people into the door and then I'm going to be this, you know, eventually I'll be able to raise my prices. I've charged low prices for coaching services and I've had that person leave. And I know someone specifically I'm thinking about right now, and I'm not saying this as any type of shade towards her, but really towards me is that I underpriced my services and a lot of people who are looking for results and a lot of people who are looking for real impact are going to look at those low prices and they say, well, are they really going to be able to provide the value that I need? And they're going to say, if she's only charging $50 an hour and telling me I'm going to get X, Y, and Z, and I see someone over here who's charging for her coaching package, she's charging, you know, $10,000 and you have to be on a three-month retainer. 
I know and I have more confidence in this woman who's able to confidently sell me this package that she's going to get me the results I need because I'm looking for results that's going to get me something that my $10,000 paid for, not something that $40 is going to pay for. And you think about that when you're purchasing things. You know, if you're purchasing wardrobe, if you're purchasing shoes, if you're purchasing um, some hair, you know, let's talk hair extensions, for example. I know that if I go into the beauty supply store and I'm looking for um, something that's going to be sustainable and last in my head for a little bit of time, I'm not going to get the dollar dollar ninety nine synthetic yaki, you know, or whatever it is that that's braiding hair. Versus if I want something that I can reuse time and time again, I'm going to order some, you know, and I don't even know I chose hair as an example because either my hair is in braids or an afro. But, you know, I'm going to order some Brazilian deep wave from a specialty that costs, you know, maybe $100 a bundle. But I know that I can use this time and time again. So think about that when you're pricing for your services. If I think that I'm just going to pay a little $50 and I think I'm going to get some major results from you versus someone who's charging $10,000, i am going to go with the $10,000 because it's a better investment because long term, I know that I'm going to get the results that I'm looking for. So yeah, do not cast your pearls before swine. Do not give all of your value away for free or for cheap and thinking that it's going to come back on you. Lest they trample you. They'll trample you by going to somebody else and paying their rate and you're thinking that you did something. So let me get off of that soapbox because I can talk about that time and time again. In fact, next week's podcast will be all about the whole can I pick your brain and we'll we'll go into further detail there. But more than anything, don't feel like you have to be free or cheap to get clients because you don't. Know your value and don't throw it in front of everyone because everyone honestly is not deserving of the value that you're providing in your service-based business. Okay, next lesson. (laughs) So one thing she always talks about, because now I'm at the age where I am thinking about children and family, um, you know, I guess the husband needs to appear first. Husband, hello, where are you at? But when the time comes, we talked about having children. And I always say, well, I want to have my children, you know, kind of like how you had us. Um, the way that we are spaced in age, my sister, my oldest sister is um, about two and a half years older than me. I'm two years older than my younger sister. And Amber is four years. How old is she? She's four years older than the twins who are the youngest. So they're pretty close in age. And she always says, when you have kids, you want to have stair-step kids. And what she means by that is that you want to have them fairly close together in age. And you're wondering, Jessica, what does that have to do with my business? Now, I took some time to think about this because like you, you probably have a million business ideas in your head. I literally can come up with something every other day. There are a million things that I want to do in business, but I recognize that I cannot do everything at once. And I have tried to do this where I'm juggling multiple business ventures at once. And when you're trying to juggle multiple balls at the same time and you're not a juggler, all those balls fall to the ground. And it's not a good look. So what I have learned is that I cannot do everything at once. But if I grow one thing and I nurture it and I take care of it 
and I build an audience, I build a brand around it, then I can bring something else on board. And that initial business, that initial audience that I created, that initial brand recognition I created, that initial reputation I created is going to help support this new business venture. And when I decide that I want to create something else, then I can do that as well. So I will, for example, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this woman. Her name is Courtney Adelaide, and I hope that I'm pronouncing her um, last name correctly, but she is the founder of The Main Choice. And this is a very recent example. Her brand is popping. It's everywhere. Her products are amazing. And she's been known for a long time for hair care. And once she grew her brand to a certain point, she started creating this conference. Um, I believe it's called like the Boss Conference or the Boss Experience, spelled B-A-W-S-E. I love it. And I think the S is a dollar sign. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, now she created this conference and it's this like amazing experience I've seen online. Um, I checked the prices and when I first heard about it, um, my budget was just like in you know, save up for next year. And then COVID happened. But anywho, um, so she started this conference. And then what I saw is that she started this um, this new business called, I think it's called Cool Coffee Click. And I'm not sponsored by her um, yet. Prayers going up. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, not saying that if she had um, launched either of these ventures at any point in time first that it wouldn't have been successful, but she started with what she was really good at and what she was known for first. And she nurtured that brand. And then she went into something else because she already built the audience and the reputation to carry her into that next venture. And she saw that venture went well. And then she was able to create something else that carried her into the third venture. And, you know, for me, because I did start off a little differently, I do have, you know, a few ventures that are that started all at the same time. So Operation Evolve and Boss Babe, Op, Boss Babe's Brunch Tour is a part of Operation Evolve because Operation Evolve is an events-based brand. But then when I decided to go into pageant coaching, that was another thing. And then I know, now do um, brand strategy for individuals and um, organizations. That is another thing. But if I could go back, in time, I wouldn't change anything for myself because, of course, the lessons that I share um, are valuable to my audience now. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're listening to this and you have all of these different ideas in your head, I think that the way to best um, grow your brand is to have them stair step. So allow those that initial business to grow some legs and to develop and to get some stamina, create a reputation, grow an audience. And then when it's time for you to transition into the next phase of that business or into a completely different business venture, you have the reputation, you probably have the money um, and you have the team and the support where that second business doesn't have to go through the exact same struggles as the first one. So I think about when it came to going back to this stair step concept with children, you know, I'm the second born. My oldest sister, Erica, you know, when I was born, she was 
you know, two and a half. So she was able to help out, even if it was, even if it was something as simple as getting the bottle out of the refrigerator when my mom couldn't do it and my father was at work or, you know, keeping me company and playing with me so my mom could get a little break. So there's several things that she was able to help with that she didn't have help with when Erica was the only child. And then when Amber came along, my, my the third born, she had two people to help out and Erica was older and more mature. So there was more that she could assist with not saying that, you know, it was Erica's job or my job to raise. That's not how it was. But, you know, Erica was able to help more. I was able to help more. We were able to bond and have friends and, you know, be friends with one another and entertain one another. And that took a lot of pressure off of my mom. And and when the twins came, the same thing happened. So we grew up with each other and we were really able to look out after one another. We were able to be friends with one another. We were able to, you know, you know, we were able to exist with one another. And it all started, it, it all was helpful because, you know, everything wasn't so spaced out, but there was the support from the the, you know, the older child to you know, of course we want to play with our siblings too. So it's just, it was a supportive environment. And I think about like, I really think, and I really think that the fact that we were able to support one another was helpful for the entire household. And I think that the same way that businesses that are um, able to support one another will be helpful for your overall brand, um, regardless of what direction you want to go into. So I really think that if you have stair-step businesses, it'll be a lot more helpful in the long run versus trying to do everything at the same time or spacing it out too far. Do I want to go into that? Yes. So also spacing it out just before we go into the third tip, just to think about that. If you space it out too far, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to start over. Um, because there could be times where, you know, maybe you start a business and it kind of plateaus or even goes down and you wait a little bit of while before you jump back into it and you just lose a little momentum. And I think that one of the best things that we can do as entrepreneurs is find ways to create momentum in our brands. And I think that having that, you know, space them out. And I'm not even saying that you have to do two, three years. I'm just saying, wait until those businesses get some strength, get some development, get some growth, get some, um, get an audience going and excited about what it is you're doing and then either transition into that next line um, or in transition into that next phase of business or into that next product line or even a completely different lane. But you want to just make sure that you have some things steady, stable and in place. We're at a point where you can predict cash flows at a point where you have staff or a point where you have support, where you have an audience, where you understand, you know, the the basic you know, metrics and the key performance indicators that you'll need to look at and meet in order to sustain it. So, you know, the stair step method, I, I think it works because I've I've implemented it, um, especially with me now recognizing that as a very important lesson. I've been implementing it into my brand and it has really worked. Um, I want to share a quick tip before I go into it, especially for service based businesses. Um, one thing that I have learned, and also this is a lesson I learned from Courtney L. Sanders. She is a um, podcaster, YouTuber, and she's a um, 
She's a business development coach as well. And um, one thing she shared was the importance of, you know, focusing on those one-on-one services first. And I think that because there are a lot of brands out there who push digital products and push digital services like workshops, courses, webinars, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But where, where I have found so much more success and peace of mind is not trying to... Um, is trying to is building my brand with my one-on-one clients first and then thinking about courses and digital products because a lot of times we're trying to sell these lower lower end products to so many people but our audience is so big but when we can start with selling our higher end packages to a few clients a month we're able to have the financial um support and we're able to have a little bit of peace of mind to create more. But when you're trying to push these, you know, $29 workshops, these um, $99 mini courses, when you have a smaller audience, it can be stressful because now you have to sell, you know, 20 $99 courses to hit a certain goal when you can just book a new client. So just think about that stair step. You do the, the the important higher ticket things first and then focus on some of the smaller, lower end things. And as your audience grows, as your reputation grows, as more people want to learn from you, then you can start creating those products and selling them and getting a, a bigger bang for your buck because now it's on autopilot, but you have a larger audience to sell to. Just my two cents. So let's go on to the third tip, which is if you don't have a business, you ain't got no business on Facebook. Meaning, if you don't have a business, why are you on why are you on social media all day? Now, this can be taken multiple ways because I grew up as a millennial. My mom is a baby boomer and social media is something new to them. And we've had several conversations about this, but and honestly, I think our perspectives are still different, but I do think that this phrase has a little bit of merit. Um, I think about how much personal information people are willing to disclose on social media these days. And I also look back to when I first got on Facebook, when it was more private because you had to be in college in order to be on Facebook. But now that things have changed, it's important to understand, excuse me, it's really important to understand that, you know, be careful about what you're putting online and how to, you know, for me, I'll just say this for me because, of course, my mom's perspective is a little different than mine. But when it comes to putting yourself out on social media, when you're putting yourself on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, what have you, it's important to separate the professional from the personal. Now, if you have created a personal brand that you are currently monetizing, then, of course, things are going to be different. But when you have a business, and I do understand that a lot of people these days saying that they're one, they want to know about the, the face behind the brand. They want to know about the owner. They want to get to know you. There's getting to know me, and then there's getting to know me. And you have to be wise enough, and you need to have enough discernment to recognize what needs to be put out there. And I think that it's really damaging. And I guess this is probably me getting older. And um, I'm saying this like I'm like, you know, sitting here in a rocking chair. But, you know, getting older and recognizing the value of privacy, recognizing the value of keeping certain things to yourself, and also recognizing the value in keeping your mouth shut until things are manifested in real life. So, 
I know that a lot of people be like, well, I want to be on Facebook. I want to have my personal accounts. I want to do my thing. It's my life. I can do what I want to. But what I have recognized just in looking back and how I was on Facebook, how I was on social media before I um, launched my business. And even in those beginning phases, I recognized that there's a lot more value and a lot more, a lot less stress in having to try to live up to all of the stuff that people put online and learning how to have some balance into, into what I do online. Um, I thought I heard something, got scared, but into what I do online and making sure that there is balance and making sure that I don't feel the pressure to perform based on what everyone else is doing. And I think that for a lot of business owners, they get so caught up. And I've been there before getting so caught up in trying to keep up with the social media Joneses that we miss out on opportunities for our own development, our own growth and our own personality and our own brands to shine because we're so focused trying to be and trying to perform like everyone else. So my mom is probably coming from a standpoint of she just doesn't understand why everyone's on social media trying to put all their personal stuff online. I don't understand it also, but I've been there, done that, and I've learned a lot. And I would say from my life lessons on social media, that it's just so much more important to have some discernment about what you put online because people are watching, you know, your future audience is watching, you know, your haters are watching. I hate that word, but you know, people are watching and they're looking for something to discuss and something to, to poke holes at. So it's really important for you to be to use some discernment as to what you put online and recognizing that that will affect your brand in the long run. So just be cautious, be careful, you know, just a lesson for my mama. All right. So let's go into the fourth lesson. Now, this one is really, 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 really important. In fact, it's so important and so to the point that I'm not even going to spend too much time talking about it. And that is a lot of people who are smiling in your face are not your friends. And I think we all know that. And I think that um, sometimes when you are a bit naive about how certain things run in certain industries, you think that everyone who is in your DMs, everyone who is wanting to, to sit at the table with you or wanting to take you to coffee or wanting to take you to lunch means you well, and they want to see the best for you. And, you know, I don't like being a pessimistic person because that's just not a part of my personality. But uh, as someone who's learned the hard way multiple times in business is that every smiling face is not a supporter. You know, there are some people who will come to your event. This is no shade to anyone in particular, but there are people who come to your event and they're not there because they want to be at Boss Babe's brunch tour. They're there because they need to figure out how to get their own brunch started. And, you know, they'll sit with you and they'll talk with you and they'll, you know, pick your brain and before you know it, they got themselves an entire event that is based off of all of the content that you shared with them that you thought that you were building a relationship and a friendship with. And I'm not saying this from a place of bitterness. So don't be like, oh, just because she bitter, she talking about people on her podcast. I am not. What I'm saying is, is that just like with the social media, use discernment when building relationships with people. In fact, at the second stop of the first Boss Babes Brunch Tour in Huntsville, one of my speakers, she is the founder of the Alabama Fashion Alliance. One of the best tips she shared with the audience was one of her toughest learning lessons is learning how to shut your mouth. 
because there are a lot of people who do want to hear your ideas. And this is one thing I learned a lot of. Um, a lot of times we get so caught up in thinking that, you know, all of the innovators are the ones with these huge platforms. And we're so eager to prove to people that we're smart and that we're innovative and that we're the next top thing that we run our mouths and spill all of the beans, all of our tea to someone who really is waiting, is looking for their their next big thing, their next big idea. And a lot of times when we don't value ourselves, we get around people who might have more of an influence, more followers, more clout in a certain city. And we think that by, we think that they're the asset at the table. But in all actuality, you're the asset, sis. You're the asset, sir. But we're so busy because we haven't found the value in ourselves, which goes back to the first point of don't cast your pearls um, before swan is that we think that we're not the asset. So we get so caught up and we get starstruck, if you will, sometimes when we get a seat at the table with someone who might have a little bit more influence, a little bit more money, a little bit more sponsorship. And people are looking at them that we spill everything. We drop all of our best ideas. We tell them all of the best things that we're coming up with that we haven't patented, that we haven't trademarked. And before you blink your eyes, this person that you thought you were building a bond with is doing exactly what you shared at that table with them. And you over there looking like who? Boo boo the fool. Uh, uh, uh. And I just don't want that to be you because it is so many people so excited to share these ideas, but unfortunately we're sharing them with the wrong people. So just because people want to hear your ideas, just because people are pretending like you're this brilliant next top, you know, whatever, doesn't mean that you need to sit there and share all of your ideas to prove or to make yourself feel as if you are the next top thing. You are the asset protected, period. Okay. The last thing I want to share is a lesson that my mom had to learn from me. Ooh, Pat, you had to learn from me. And that is everyone will not understand your purpose, but it's okay. For the longest, my mom, you know, we talked about this in the first step of how my mom would be like, are you getting paid for this? Are you getting paid for that? I don't understand why you're pursuing this, you know, and I love my mom. So I don't want anyone to think like, you know, she was doing anything outside of just protecting and loving me. So I want to throw that out there before anyone trying to come for my mama. So, you know, moms want what's best. They know what's best. But unfortunately, when it comes to purpose, a lot of people will not understand initially because you can be so gifted. You can be so talented. You can be so smart. You can be so beautiful and you can walk into a direction and everyone's just like, huh, what? Why just? And that I'm pretty sure that was my mom and my dad many days. They know that I'm talented. They know that I'm educated. They know that I'm smart. They know that I can do these things. And for them, it was just, I'm pretty sure it was difficult for them to see me kind of struggling to find my way in those first years of business. And I can relate to that now. I can understand, especially now that I am coaching people and I am able to be in a position to help share resources and help guide people in the right direction. But for me, I did not have any of that. And I didn't have anyone in my network to share with me, you know, this is what you can do to make the path a lot easier. Um, so for that reason, there were a lot of struggles and my mom was just like, I don't understand why you're intentionally struggling. <laughs> Get yourself a, a job, girl. And I refused. But, you know, 
there came a point when I started Boss Babes Brunch Tour and my mom finally shared with me that she got it. So like, I get it. All these years is that you are walking in this lane and you're walking in your purpose. And, you know, it wasn't for me to understand. And that to me meant a lot because, you know, I think a lot of parents and a lot of children who find themselves having conversations like that with their parents, you know, sometimes it is difficult for them to try to let the parents understand what the end goal is. And it's so difficult to see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel when you first walk in. And it's difficult to even share that there is light of the, a light at the end of the tunnel with someone who doesn't share that vision with you initially. So you have to fight for your vision and you have to fight for your purpose. And although mother knows best, sometimes mother will not understand certain paths that you're going on when it comes to your purpose. And I think that's what I love about my mom the most is that even on this journey, you know, there's some points for me that were a little questionable. <laughs> but, you know, she still supported me and she still loved me along the journey. And I think that's why moms are so important and so valuable. And that's why I honor and value my mom and wanted to dedicate this episode to her today is because mothers do care and they do their best to share the wisdom and the experience that they have had in their time on this planet with us to make sure that our journeys are not as difficult as theirs were. And for that reason, I'm so grateful for my mom for making sure that me, that for my um, four other sisters, that we had a life that was filled with joy and filled with love and filled with some tough lessons and tough love and even at age 34, I know that I can call my mother at any moment and she'll pick up the phone and we'll have a conversation and that, you know, she'll share her, her wisdom with me. And I'm able to share my, you know, share things that are going on with me in my life. And she's able to provide insight to help me be a better me. And for that, I am forever grateful for her wisdom, for her guidance and for her support and love. And for all those mothers listening to today's podcast, just know that for your role in shaping the future generations and what you've done in your home, I want to say thank you. I want to say that you are loved, you are honored, you are supported. You know, I cannot wait to be in that position of mother um, to provide that same love and care and support for my for my children and for the future generations of the world. So happy Mother's Day to all of the women listening to this. You are amazing. There's no one that I have met that's like even my sisters who are mothers, Amber and Amanda. I love you too so much. Um, I honor you. I support you. I respect you for what you're doing. And I see all of the hard work that you're putting in. I see the sacrifice and I see you do it with a smile. And that's what I love so much about you all and all of those mothers out there who are making it happen for their families. Much love to you, much support. And I wish you nothing but the best peace, love, and prosperity and continue to boss up and lead the way for the next generation. Until next week, I hope you all have a wonderful day. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. If you found today's podcast episode helpful, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share with your tribe. Also, check out coaching programs and upcoming events from our website, operationevolve.com. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you next week.